Hey guys, welcome to episode 12 of Prospect Barn. I'm Curtis Ratner. I'm Jeff Layford. How's it going? Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, we still have not recapped the NHL draft, so we'll be doing that. we got the World Juniors coming up in a little less than a month, so that uh, should be very exciting. I can't wait to get going. It's uh, my favorite time of the year is World Junior time, so it should be a good episode with a lot of information for you guys. Yeah, I feel like uh, this year was definitely going to be a little different with World Juniors happening, and then the NHL season hasn't begun yet. But I mean, it's just more eyes on the World Juniors and more eyes on uh, young uh, prospect players. So it should be a good tournament. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the first things I want to talk about is the NHL has actually not released their uh, start date back up yet. We don't know when training camps are going to be. We don't know when the ga- when games are going to restart. And with the World Juniors right around the corner, there's a lot of controversy over certain players that are still World Junior eligible. Will uh, will they be going to the tournament? Some of the notable few, Alexei Lafreniere, first overall pick from this year. Last year's first overall pick, Jack Hughes. Uh, second pick last year, Capo Caco. A uh, bunch of guys like that are, it is to be determined if they'll be with their country and with their team in the uh, World Junior Tournament this year. Obviously, we hope they are. You want to see the uh, best talent possible put on display for that tournament. But a- as of right now, uh, none of the teams have said whether or not they will let the kids be going. And I assume they will want to wait until the uh, decision from the NHL when the restart uh, begins. Yeah, exactly. A lot of teams, like USA and Canada, especially, uh, like there are gonna be a lot of good players uh, back in. Like if you, like USA can get a kid like Jack Hughes going in the World Juniors for him, that that's gonna make their team a whole lot stronger, uh, especially with Canada as well. Yeah. So a notable thing. This is specifically for Canada, I believe. It's not all other countries, but the Canada team specifically is requiring them to a player to be with do three negative tests and then be with the team for at least two weeks before they're allowed to participate. Meaning that if the Rangers were to allow Alexi Lafreniere to play for team Canada, he would have to report by December 6th. So that's only a few days away. Uh, there's been no announcement whatsoever. I know the Canadian media TSN have been covering that nonstop, but there has been uh, nothing so far. And obviously hockey fans want to see Lafreniere back there. He was the tournament MVP last year. He'd probably be the front runner to be it again, honestly. So uh, a great talent that I'm sure he wants to represent his country again, but at the same time, there's injury risk. There's a bunch of different things. So uh, it's to be determined whether or not he will play. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's big things GMs take on uh, with, like, if they have a star young player that wants to go. Like, obviously, I believe the player is going to want to go play, but the GM, it's it's obviously like a, a business. So it's a big risk if the GM uh, lets a player go and then gets hurt. Uh, so, yeah, lost questions still up in the air for the World Juniors. Uh, that is coming right up uh, at the end of the month, which is uh, very exciting. So I can't wait for that. We'll jump right into it here with the first team being the Anaheim Ducks, whose first pick was sixth overall. They selected defenseman Jamie Drysdale from the Erie Otters. I think that was a good pick for the Ducks. They have some good young prospects up front already, being Troy Terry. They have... Uh, Trevor Zegras, who was unbelievable last year in the World Juniors, will likely be playing again. American prospect. Uh, 27th overall, they took up Jacob Perot. I like that pick as well. I think the Ducks had a very good draft. They're a team that uh, they don't want to waste the career of John Gibson. John Gibson is a, a world-class goaltender who flies way under the radar in Anaheim, not getting the credit he deserves because the team is just in front of him is not all that special. Uh, they had a good core, but they've moved on from most of it. Uh, Corey Perry's gone. Ryan Getzlov's definitely on the back nine. I've actually heard his name in trade rumors. So uh, I think it was a good start for Anaheim's rebuild. They won't be 
a playoff team next year by my predictions, but I think uh, in a few years they'll be back on the uprise. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean, much like uh, I would say like the LA Kings, the Anaheim Ducks are once like a really good team. Like they're in the playoffs every single year uh, battling for the Stanley Cup uh, Stanley Cup trophy. But um, um, yeah, like so Drysdale, uh, definitely I think he has potential to be like a number one defenseman in the NHL in a few years. Um, and like you said, yeah, if him, he's playing in front of Gibson, uh, Anaheim's going to love that and their fans will love that as well. So um, yeah, they're, and they all, like you said, have a bunch of prospects uh, they're going to build with and um, they're looking to like rebuild quickly. And like you said, I'm probably going to give it like two, at least two years before they're back in the playoffs because they got to grow that. They got to grow all those prospects into NHL like top fours and defensemen real quick. But they do have Gibson and he's like in his, about to go into his prime if he's not already. Uh, so it, you should be very excited if you're an Anaheim Dex fan. Yeah, moving on next is the Arizona Coyotes and what a debacle they had. Uh, selecting Mitchell Miller was their first pick in the draft of the fourth round. Uh, those of you who haven't heard the Mitchell Miller incident, he, you know, there has been evidence resurfing of him having bullied a disabled kid he went to school with when he was younger. And apparently the Coyotes were aware of it at the time, but didn't know the severity of it. And now after the draft, more information has come out. They've released him, which is the right thing to do. Uh, it's a terrible look for the franchise, it's a terrible look for the NHL to have someone with that kind of background in, uh, you know, associate with the NHL, associate with the Coyotes. So that was a good move there by, you know, renouncing the draft pick, but just an awful move to make the pick in the first place and not really a great look for the Coyotes overall. Yeah, I 100% agree. I actually heard that he was actually like making fun of that, uh, the disabled uh, uh, kid actually like recently, like not too long ago at all. Like still like when he's like, can definitely uh, think for himself and realize that what he's doing is definitely wrong. So uh, it's very disappointing. Uh, look for hockey, like as a hockey player, uh, you hate seeing uh, other people do that in your sport. But yeah, it's very a uh, good thing for them to drop him. And but it sucks for it sucks for them as well because their first round pick is uh, not going to play on a team ever. So uh, they pretty much have to scratch the first round and get a pick in the whole first round. So uh, it's brutal for them, but uh, it's a good it's a good thing what they did. Yeah, they actually, that was, Mitchell Miller was not even in the first round pick. He was a fourth round pick. He just happened to be the first pick they had. They had traded their other draft picks and things along that nature along the way. So they had not, that was the first pick they had in the fourth round, and that was forfeited. They ended up not, first pick they were actually able to use is a fifth round pick, Carson Bentel, who played for Madison in the USHL. He was 141st overall. Don't know much about him. They really didn't have that many. They ended up with only four picks in the whole draft, two of them being seventh rounders. So just, just not a great look for Arizona in this draft. Uh, they lose out Taylor Hall, obviously. There's a there's a Darcy Kemper trade talks are moving around. Arizona's kind of in a funky place right now, but uh, we'll move on from them. Uh, next up is the Boston Bruins. Jeff, your favorite team, and they again no first round pick here. Uh, only four picks in the whole draft. Nothing crazy. Uh, what were your thoughts on what Boston did in the draft? Obviously, they have a, a Stanley Cup contending roster as is, but it's obvious it's always hope to be refueling your uh, system with refreshing young prospects yeah I mean they didn't do, didn't do much um, um, so the, as like a Bruins fan I know like they have the core to compete for a Stanley Cup final this year um, I, I was really hoping they do something in free agency didn't really do much um, thought they were gonna go out to Taylor Hall that obviously didn't work out we have a draft um, yeah four picks like you said so and they did have a first round pick as well so uh, you they can't they didn't really get their top player and uh i think as of this year 
Um, they're going to play the season out. They do have a few players uh, that are going into free agency. Uh, maybe see what where they're at at the trade deadline, deadline this year. Try to get some picks uh, for next year to keep building, uh, keep competitive. Um, but also, there's still some good free agent players out there right now that they could pick up uh, this season that would really complete their team, uh, like a Mike Hoffman or something like that. But uh, yeah, didn't do much in the draft. I wasn't really wasn't expecting much. Uh, but they do have a good core, so I'm not too worried about it. Uh, and that's about it on them. As far as the draft goes, their first pick was in the second round, 57th overall. Mason Lahiri, six foot four American defenseman from Green Bay in the uh, United States Hockey League, uh, committed to Ohio State. So just worth mentioning that's who the top pick was. Uh, not many notable names down this list, but obviously, as we've learned, draft picks can surprise you later on. You can't uh, you know, judge them right off the bat. Uh, next up is the Buffalo Sabres, and they took Jack Quinn eighth overall, which I thought was very interesting. There was still some very big names on the board, including Cole Perfetti, Marco Rossi, um, Seth Jarvis, Anton Lundell, who's lighting it up in Finland right now already. But uh, interesting pick for them. I think Jack Quinn has the tools to be a great player. Obviously, they brought in Taylor Hall, so uh, on a one-year deal, I assume if they don't make the playoffs this year, he's not coming back. If they don't make the playoffs this year, Jack Eichel's probably upset. So there's a Buffalo is very interesting right now. Every year, kind of things feels like this could be the year they they get over the hump. This could be the year they actually do something, but uh, that is yet to be seen. Jack Quinn is a, a good player. Ottawa 67s. They also selected J, uh, John Jason Patrika, thirty uh, fourth overall, uh, the German right winger who we'll talk about when we go into the World Junior uh, breakdown. But again, Buffalo interesting pick with Jack Quinn. Uh, a little bit off the board, you could say, but he has the potential to be the star that he wanted to be. Yeah, exactly. I don't know um, exactly. Like the Taylor Hall situation is a little weird as well because uh, no one, no one really saw him going there. But yeah, Jack Quinn, uh, he's a good four. I mean, plays uh, at an elite level, and obviously, I, I, he was, I thought he was going to go in the top ten no matter what. Um, just didn't really know top five, but I mean. They're good for. They're loading up on forwards. It looks like they do have a pretty solid decor with some good young players as well. But yeah, they have a lot of young players on this roster, um, so they're gonna need them to step up. Or Jack Eichel could uh, could ask for a trade in these next coming years, especially if they don't make the playoffs this year. But they're definitely gonna need their young players uh, this year to step up for him because Jack Eichel's been carrying that team for too long, and it's just it's just not enough. He's he's dead by uh, 50 games into the season, so. Uh, We'll see what happens with them and um, uh, if Jack Quinn uh, turns out to be a good player for him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving on, the next is the Calgary Fames. Their first pick was 24th overall, Connor Zari, defension out of Kalooms with the WHL, six foot. Uh, a kid you could expect to see for Canada at the World Juniors this year. A kid that I was actually very high on. Before the Rangers traded that uh, pick up to get Schneider, I, Connor Zari was a guy I actually had my eye on the Rangers potentially getting. But uh, I think Connor Zari can be a great player for them. Uh, Calgary's a team, again, right on the cusp of things. They have some great young stars on that team already. Matthew Kachuk's blooming into a stud. Johnny Goudreau, everyone knows. Sean Monahan, defenseman, you got, again, another Noah Hannafin, great player. Uh, just load of load of good young talent. You're going to add Connor Zari to this team. 86 points in 57 games last year in the WHL. So uh, offensive talents there, a guy that I can think – a guy that I think can help them and someone that the Flames fans should be very excited about. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, the Flames just right on the cuffs, just like a lot of teams. Um, and the, there's a lot of teams, I'd say, in the Western Conference that are right around the playoffs, the wild card area. Um, they're definitely one of those teams 
So uh, they're looking for their youngest to step up as well as their veterans. I mean, uh, I mean, John Gaudreau is obviously a great hockey player. Didn't have the best year last year. Uh, they made some weird moves on the, tr- the trade deadlines the past few years that haven't exactly worked out for them, I think. But um, yeah, like you said, Hannafin, um, who they got for, uh, I believe, Dougie Hamilton, uh, he's uh, he's a very good defenseman as well. So uh, with Con- adding Connor Zari to this team, um, next couple of years should be good for them. But they they just got to pick it up. And they got to make their top players uh, play well and put up the points. Uh, yeah, the Calgary Flames had a great draft. They ended up picking eight times throughout it. Uh, second round, Jan Kuznetsov, no relation to Evgeny from the Capitals. Uh, Russian defenseman, though, six foot three, two oh seven, big body, can skate well. I think he has potential to be good. Uh, Jeremy Poirier down the line, just keep going, just names on names. Uh, people that I think have potential to pan out. I really like the Flames draft. They were they were one of the best teams this year in the draft, in my opinion. Next up, we have the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Their first pick was 13th overall. They selected Seth Jarvis, uh, a right winger out of Portland from the WHL. Uh, He's a little undersized, only 5'10", 175, but he can skate. He can use his hands. He can make plays. Uh, Great player that I had projected going around that area. Ended up falling there. I think it was a solid pick at 13. Yeah, you can't really go go wrong with this pick. I mean, like the Carolina Hurricanes, they do like I, they have a solid defensive core already and a solid forward core. Um, a lot of young players that are very exciting to watch. I believe like one of my favorite teams to watch in the league. Uh, they're very exciting. They score a lot of goals and uh, um, they do have a pretty bright upside. Uh, so yeah, you couldn't really go wrong, wrong picking a forward or defenseman. I think uh, for them. Uh, so I love it. For I love it uh, either way. Yeah, it's also worth mentioning their second round pick, forty first overall, Noel Gunler, uh, six foot one, all the talent in the world. A few questions with his work ethic, his attitude, but he's a young kid. I think he'll straighten that out. Uh, he could be a he could be a steal for them at forty one. Another good draft for Carolina, adding to an already good and young team. Next up, we have the Chicago Blackhawks. Their first pick was seventeenth overall, Lucas Reichel, uh, the German forward, six foot tall. Uh, I love the pick for Chicago. I think Chicago, you actually heard interesting rumors about them, like Kane and Taze potentially on the way out type things. I'm not buying into that. Uh, one, they're not trading Kane. And two, I think it'd be hard to find a team that would take Taze's contract at this point. I think they're both staying. I don't think they're going full rebuild mode. I think they're just trying to kind of do it on the fly, almost the way the Rangers did, and uh, be competitive soon. Kirby Doc appears to be a stud this like the last year. Dominic Kubalik was a stud rookie this year, and uh, I think Lucas Reichel has the ability to eventually be a stud forward for them as well. Uh, yeah, exactly. The Blackhawks are weird. I mean, people in Chicago seem like they're getting a little impatient uh, because they're used to such a great team for uh, like, like almost like 10 years in a row, one of the best teams in the league every single year uh, with Taze, Keith, and Kane. Uh, so with them like falling off a little bit, uh, people are a little impatient. But um, they looks like like they obviously with Kane, you taste you can't really always bet against them. But they're not getting any younger. Uh, so in their draft, their drafts haven't been too great over the years. But uh, I think this was a solid draft for them. Uh, I put them right in the like the middle of the pack uh, for like their prospects of game this year. Um, so the, and they do. Uh, I would say that goaltending is kind of a thing they're looking for. Uh, they do have a really good uh, goalie prospect that's at uh, Boston University this year. Yeah, it could be the starter this year as a freshman. Uh, so they should be excited about him. Um, but he's uh, one of my uh, like favorite prospects for them. 
Um, moving on now is the Colorado Avalanche, a team that honestly, you, you can't say a team doesn't need prospects, but if there's one that's like the roster is just so ready to win a Stanley Cup right now without being on the cusp of being too old, like in terms of just competing for the next 10 years, say, I think it's Colorado. Uh, they have so much talent. They Not even this year's draft, last year's draft, fourth overall, Bowen Byram, uh, obviously Kale McCarr on the back end, and then this year they added 25th overall um, defenseman from Halifax, Justin Barron. Uh, 6'2", 189, he's big, strong, he moves pretty well for his size. Just a, a player that, I mean, if he pans out to be the player they hope he is, I think there's no debate in anyone's mind that Colorado's defense will be the best in the league for years to come if it's not already on the on the rise. Yeah, exactly. And and adding on to Barron, I mean, I'm, I think I'm saying this guy's name about Gene Luke Foodie. Uh, I believe they drafted this year. Uh, I, I'm hearing that like he's like the fastest player in the NHL draft this year, uh, which is very scary putting him on av- the Avalanche if he pans out. So. Uh, like they're already so fast already, one of the fastest teams in the league, if not the fastest. Uh, so if they, they're definitely a, a Stanley Cup favorite this year, I'd say. So that could be scary adding him uh, to the roster. Yeah, for sure. This kid absolutely flies. Which I mean, obviously seems like a steal in the third round, but there's you know there's there's more to your game than just speed. He needs to round out his complete game. But anytime you have someone that is being considered quote the fastest player in the draft, it's uh you know it's something that obviously makes his draft stock that much higher. And you know if you can round out your game to go with that speed, the NHL these days is all about speed. You can never have enough speed. So that's the I mean one of the most important things you look for in a prospect right now is speed. So getting him in the third round seems like a great pick. Next up, we have the Columbus Blue Jackets. Their first pick was 21st overall. They selected Igor Chinikov, a player that I think for them, you know, Columbus is just so hit or miss right now, I'd say, in terms of what you could expect to get from them. They kind of float around the playoffs right now. They swept Tampa Bay two years ago, obviously. Last year gave Tampa Bay another battle. But it it seems like they had a five-overtime game. That was unbelievable to watch. But it just seems like there's something missing from that Columbus team. Uh, I'm not sure Igor Chinikov has the potential to be that superstar, superstar player. But he's a little undersized, super fast, uh, loves to work hard, and a guy that I can see you know turning into a solid NHL player for them. Yeah, exactly. And I see... Um... With uh, Chinnikov, a lot of people like didn't have him in the like first round. So Columbus actually looks like they took a, a little bit of a gamble on him, but they must see something and that a lot of teams did not. Um, but um, that being said, I mean, uh, with Tortorella, it looks like anyone he puts on the roster, like he's gonna make them work hard and they're gonna uh, they're gonna compete. And that's like Columbus uh, doesn't have like that superstar uh, player. They don't have that like fifty goal score that some teams have, but. Um, like everyone works on the team, everyone puts in their best effort. That was that's what makes them like a a good team that is on the edge of the playoffs or uh, wild card. It looks like seem like every year now. Uh, so uh, whoever they pick up, they're gonna put into the system. They're gonna play uh, how Columbus plays hockey. So um, exciting to see what happens with them and their prospects. Uh, but definitely, uh, I'll look to see them right in the wild wild card area again next year. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, moving on to Dallas Stars, obviously falling just short in the Stanley Cup final this year. Uh, going on a little bit of a surprise run. I don't think many people had them beating Colorado or Vegas. Obviously, Colorado was dealing with so many injuries, but uh, that's not to take anything away from Dallas. They battled. They played so hard. They as well had a backup goalie in and with Kudobin, who was playing unbelievable down the stretch. 
But uh, in terms of the draft, their first pick was 30th overall, uh, Saginaw forward Maverick Bork. Uh, a great season last year, 71 points in 49 games, off to a good start this year again with six through his first four. Uh, most likely you'll see him with Canada at the World Juniors this year also. Uh, the rest of the draft, not many picks. Antonio Stranges from London, uh, another centerman, was in the fourth round, a few more down the road. But uh, I like the Maverick Bork pick. I think he obviously won't be contributing in the NHL yet when you're being taken as low as 30, but uh, someone that has potential to be a good player down the road. I like this pick for the for the Stars and didn't have many picks, but I like what they did overall. Yeah, only five picks. I mean, they're they are a very good team, as we saw last year. Uh, they got that uh, amazing core. Uh, looks like, th- I mean, a little trouble at goalie. I'm gonna, th- I'll say going into next year. I mean, who uh, Dobbin was great in the playoffs last year, but um, he has never been like that his whole career. So I can't really uh, see him doing that all next year as well. Uh, so uh, they need, do need a goalie to step up for him. Uh, but yeah, they're. They only had five picks in the draft, so uh, and no like really big picks, so can't really say much about them. Don't really know much about all their prospects, uh, but yeah, the Bork, the Bork kid uh, could be a superstar. Uh, it looks like it, uh, it definitely plays a fast-paced uh, game and it can score a lot. So uh, that's just what Dallas needs, I think, to put up more goals. So uh, we'll see how it works out for them. Next up, we have the Detroit Red Wings, who obviously had a horrifically bad season, the worst season in recent memory in the NHL. Uh, they had 12 picks in this draft, which is an incredible number. They made some interesting moves this offseason, acquiring a bunch of veteran guys, you know, Bobby Ryan, Mark Stahl, re-signing Sam Gagne, things along that nature. But uh, their first pick was fourth, and I can't say it's much of a surprise because it's Steve Eiserman drafting a Swede, which is seems kind of like a trend, just Detroit drafting a Swede in general. But they went with Lucas Raymond at four, maybe a little bit of a reach, a guy that, I mean, his potential skill level is through the roof. Uh, someone that I believe was projected to be second overall, like when you look way back, Lafreniere was consensus first for pretty much ever since, you know, mock drafts for 2020 came out years ago. But uh, Lucas Raymond fell off the board a little bit. He went down to as low as like seven or eight in most mocks, but he was snagged at four by the Red Wings. They also took William Wallander at 32, a defenseman. Uh, so many other names down the board, nothing that really catches your eye. Obviously, the further down you move, but uh, I think Lucas Raymond is a very interesting player, a player that can score goals, a player that can make plays. Uh, they really need a, a star winger to go along with uh, Dylan Larkin on that top line. So they're hoping Lucas Raymond will be that guy. William Wallander will be a defenseman that will slide in nicely along Mort Cedar possibly one day, and they'll uh, they'll be back to their winning ways soon, hopefully. Yep, and uh, yeah, Detroit, a lot like uh, I'd say like Buffalo with like the Jack Eichel and then – uh, Larkin situation. Larkin's kind of in that same boat. I mean, has had no one around him for the last couple of years, and uh, they do need a winger for him. So hopefully Raymond can step up. He's definitely, I would say, like a top one of the, like top three most gifted players in the draft. Uh, so if he can step up for them, and uh, so can some of the other prospects, and they hopefully make some trades or something, because they do um, they do have a lot of prospects in their system. And they need to get better fast. I know people in Detroit, like, they just built a new uh, new rink. So they want to fill that thing up. And they want their fans to be happy again like, uh, 10, like 10, 12 years ago. So uh, they need their prospects to step up this year as well the next few years to come. So they can keep their uh, top forwards happy they have now. And uh, add on some players in the future. Because I don't think anyone wants to go there in free agency either. 
moving on now, we have the Edmonton Oilers. Their first pick was 14th overall. They selected left winger Dylan Holloway, yet another kid you can expect to see for Canada at the World Juniors this year, most likely. Uh, played college hockey, a uh, true freshman last year, University of Wisconsin, now in a sophomore season. Last year, 17 points in 35 games. This year, two goals through two games, so nice little start to him for the season. Um, Edmonton, they need forwards, they need defensemen, they need a lot. They actually didn't pick a defenseman this entire draft, which I think is interesting. I guess they have faith in Philip Broberg. They have faith in Evan Bouchard. So Ethan Bear is another guy that need to step up. Darnell Nurse, obviously Oscar Clefbarm. I mean, they have people, but to, to, to go the entire draft without a defenseman seems odd to me, especially when you have six picks. I just – a little weird, but I guess, you know, when you get down to a certain point in the draft, it's kind of just best, best player available type scenarios. But uh, I like Dylan Holloway. He's someone I paid attention to a decent amount last year at Wisconsin, considering that uh, one of the top Rangers prospects, Keandre Miller, was there. I was just Wisconsin was a you know a team that I was fairly tuned into most of the time when I could. So I like Dylan Holloway's game. I like him at 14. Uh, Oilers need help everywhere though, so I don't really know what what to think of this draft. I'm not gonna. I don't think it was a good draft for them overall, just based on the fact they didn't take a single defenseman. Yeah, I could definitely see that argument. Um, the thing with Edmonton, I'd say like last year in the playoffs, they just got absolutely embarrassed. I mean, they're in their hometown. They they got embarrassed. Um, like if you have a guy like McDavid and Drysdale, they're scoring 120 points in 70 games, 60 something games. Like come on, like they gotta go out of the first round. Uh, but yeah, they, no one can really play with McDavid. Like it's he's too fast. Like it's it's weird to say he's like too good for anyone to play with him. That's kind of how it is like he just needs um they need to strike gold here on a player like they they kind of like they didn't dry settle but they have dry settle mcdavid on different lines most of the time but yeah um halloway uh and uh, like halloway and the other forwards they drafted this the draft they're hoping one of them can step up i think that's why they were so forward heavy because they're just looking to fill the wings for, for mcdavid but um yeah no defenseman's kind of weird definitely with a team that could use a couple solid the top four defensemen uh, and a goalie as well. So um, uh, it was a weird draft for them. I'd put them like more like towards like the middle of the pack as well. But uh, yeah, I think they're the GM just straight looking for forwards to play with McDavid at this point. Next team we have here is the Florida Panthers. Another interesting scenario here in that they had four picks in the top three rounds. Not one of them are defensemen. They ended up using both their fourth round picks on defensemen. But twelfth uh, overall, Anton Lundell. It's so early. I'm not. I'm not getting out here saying someone's going to have this career, like going to be a great player, or a bad player. But at this point, Anton Lundell at twelve seems like it honestly could be the steal of the draft. This kid, so mature, so composed, playing in the Finnish elite league against grown men. Two hundred foot game has always been fantastic, and the offense has been through the roof this year. Last season. 44 games, 28 points. This season, so th- so far through 17 games, 12 goals, 8 assists for 20 points. Over a point per game as a 19-year-old in the Finnish Elite League. Kid's an absolute stud. I think this pick was um, tremendous by Florida. Uh, regardless of the last of the draft, obviously you want your, you know, your, your guys to pan out, but I, I think this kid alone will most likely be the reason why you look back on this draft and say this was a great job by Florida. Uh, they, they were... I mean, one of the best picks in the draft by a mile, not even close. Yeah, exactly. I think it was a steal as well. I mean, uh, it's a little bit of a bargain, I'd say, because this guy, um, I've been reading a lot um, about him. He says, people are saying that, like, 
uh like he looks like a barkoff he could be like a barkoff uh player which is like a really great uh defensive defensive player but also can put up uh can put up points uh and has potential to do that uh he's not one of those players who can make superstars kind of like uh, like a, not like a malkin or anything like that but um he does everything great. Does everything. He's a fi- very efficient player. So um, the floor pants going to add him quickly uh, to their team. I still think they need some work defensively uh, and in net. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens with them. They do score a lot, but they get scored on even more. So adding a defensive forward is probably a great pick for them. Yeah, Florida's a team. Obviously, you expected uh, Bobrovsky to have a much better season, and they're still hoping he does. But. Uh, also keep in mind they do have Spencer Knight, first rounder from two years ago, in the system. Most likely to be USA starter this year at the World Juniors. Uh, seeming like one of the best goalie prospects in hockey, so they have high hopes for him as well. Uh, moving on next is Las Vegas or the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, their first pick was Brandon Bryson, uh, Chicago Steel centerman. Uh, most likely see him for the U.S. in the World uh, in the World Juniors this year, playing college hockey at Michigan right now. Someone that I think, I don't think he's going to overwhelm you with crazy impressive offensive numbers. He's off to a good start in the uh, for Michigan this year, four points through six games, a goal and three assists. But uh, he's never put up absurd absurd numbers in junior or in junior like some of these guys did. But uh, 59 points in 49 games, over a point per game for Chicago last year. Now at University of Michigan, we'll see how he does in the World Juniors. Uh, I like him for Vegas. Uh, Vegas is a good team that, I mean, it seems that they'll be contenders for a while, right? They've got they've got pieces that are young. They got pieces that are veteran. No one's really too old on that team yet. Uh, Lucas Cormier, another good pick for them, was third overall, sixty seventh. A guy that I think fell a little bit low. I think he was projected a second round. Managed to slip into the third. The Knights snagged him. Uh, I think it was a decent draft for Vegas. I think Vegas will be a very good team again next year, and they'll obviously hope the best for these uh, these two young kids. Yeah, Vegas is definitely not going away. Um, I, in my opinion, like outside of, like Tampa Bay, um, it may be like two other teams you could throw in there. Like they're probably the most solid team in the league, like defensively, offensively, and their goaltending uh, duo. Uh, it's one of the best as well. So uh, I think whoever they add this year didn't really matter. I mean, obviously they want their prospects to pan out, but they're going to be competitive the next two, three years, no matter what, in my opinion, unless uh, like crazy injuries and stuff like that. But um, uh, I don't see anything crazy happening with them this year. It's still, there's, I, they're going to be a top three team in the West, uh, I believe, this year. So. Uh, I think the same thing with them since we see them come into the league. Uh, they're going to be competitive, and uh, they do obviously have a ton of prospects uh, still, so hoping uh, they pan out for their fans. Uh, but, yeah, I, I love uh, – I they're definitely one of the uh, one of the best drafts this year, top 10 draft team this year for me, uh, seeing where they were. Um, but, yeah, I like, I like all their young players, and uh, they definitely have uh, a lot to uh, a lot to show in the next couple of years. Obviously, they signed Alex Petrangelo to that big free agent deal, which is huge. I think him him and Shea Theodore, in my mind, is the best pairing in the NHL right now if they choose to use it. Uh, Theodore had a breakout season. He was a guy that I had high hopes for a lot. Uh, very surprised Anaheim let him go in their expansion draft. I'm sure they're kicking themselves over that one right now, keeping guys like Josh Manson. Uh, Josh Manson. Not that he had a bad career but so far by any means, but he's just not the player – that Shea Theodore has been by any means. 
Uh, they have guys like Cody Glass, who is sixth overall in 2017. I think he could break out. Uh, Peyton Krebs, the guy who fell to 17th in 2019 because people weren't sure how he was going to recover from the injury. But uh, everything in terms of his recovery has seemed fine to this point. Uh, seems like a great pick for them at 17 as well. Uh, like you just said, the Knights aren't going anywhere. The Knights will be around for a while. Knights will be around in the playoff hunt for a while. They'll be contenders for a while. And uh, they're just a fun team to watch. Next up, you have the LA Kings adding to their already stockpiled pool of prospects. Top two in the league for sure, right up there with the Rangers, I'd say, in terms of just strictly prospects. Uh, second overall, Quinton Byfield. We've talked about this kid on our podcast before. Uh, an absolute unit. Think of Guinea Malkin type player. Uh, I don't know if he has the ability to just, you know, kind of just dangle through guys the way Malkin does, because when Malkin's on, I think he's as good as anyone in the world at just moving through people like that. But just big, strong, I'd say he's much smarter than Malkin. He's not going to do the retaliation penalties he does. But same ability to use his size, get around people, protect the puck. Uh, I think someone that can learn very well under Anze Kopitar to round out his 200-foot game as he matures. They also selected Helgi Granz. Uh, defenseman, 35th overall in the second round from Sweden, a guy you can expect to see him at the World Junior. These two just need to be adding to a list of Kings prospects that is already incredible. Alex Turcott, 5th overall in 2019. Arthur Kaliev, 33rd that year, a guy that was projected to be a first-rounder, ended up falling out. Great pick by them. Rasmus Kupari, 20th overall in 2018. Tobias Bjornfoot, Samuel Fogemo. Uh, Akil Thomas scored the game-winning goal in the gold medal game World Junior last year. Uh, listing all these names and saying they're all from one uh, one prospect pool is impressive. The Kings have done a, a great job drafting, and I think, again, similar to uh, a couple other teams, might not be playoff or Stanley Cup real contenders yet, but a few years down the road, right up there with anyone. Oh, yeah, exactly. So the Kings, obviously, they're loaded with prospects. Like uh, It's going to be very exciting to watch. So see Byfield in the World Juniors this year. I'm very excited for that. Uh, he's a great player uh, overall. Like like you said, like could be a superstar and uh, in the NHL. But um, yeah, the Kings, like I said earlier, just like the Anaheim Ducks, kind of in their situation, they had the superstar players uh, six seven years ago, um, and now uh, they're all either getting older or they're gone from their system. So they're they're going through big rebuilds and. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to see the Kings good again. I know, like when they're when they were one of the top teams in the league, it was a great place, uh, to, like great place to watch them play, and they uh, their fans were really into it. So it's actually, a, I think, a good thing for hockey for them to be uh, a good team in the NHL. And they've been out the last few years. And I know a lot of their fans are definitely hoping these uh, prospects pan out for them because they definitely need it down there. Next up is the Minnesota Wild, and they have one of the most. Uh, I'm trying to think what the word for this is. I wouldn't say questionable, but interesting picks of the draft. Marco Rossi at nine. Uh, talent to be a top three pick for sure. Absolutely staggering offensive numbers for Ottawa last year in the Ontario League. Uh, alongside his teammate, Jack Quinn, who went the pick before him, which I think was a little interesting. Uh, Marco Rossi's numbers, 56 games last year, 120 points. Absolutely staggering numbers for the kid. Uh, I think getting him at nine could be a steal. He's got potential to be as good as anyone in this draft. And for me, I, I love the pick for Minnesota. A uh, little bit of, I guess, high risk, high reward type thing, but I think the upside is completely worth it. Uh, and then like I said, one more other guy worth mentioning in this draft for Minnesota is 39th overall, second round, Ryan O'Rourke. Seems like a great pick to me. 
defenseman that's just so well-rounded, six foot two Canadian kid. Most likely see him in the World Juniors as well. Uh, I, I like this draft from Minnesota. I hope Rossi turns into the stud they want him to be because Minnesota's a team in a city that loves hockey that the NHL is just kind of more fun when they're good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, like Minnesota, like they're like everyone diehard hockey fans. They're like they fill up uh, NHL rinks for uh, high school teams. So obviously, like their fan base is hardcore there. And yeah, like they're one of those teams as well in the West, kind of in the bubble. Um, so they're definitely looking for some prospects to pick up the slack for them a little bit a year. But yeah, Rossi, uh, great player, uh, definitely like very uh, very skilled and he's a good defensively as well. Uh, he definitely, I think he can be on the team. Uh, he probably won't play this year, but maybe he will. But uh, probably uh, next like next season for sure. Um, he's like definitely like you were saying earlier. He does have like some uh, looks like anger issues. Uh, but he, uh, if he when he matures, I think that all go away. You do see that with some players in the NHL that like superstars at that level, and they come to the NHL and they're not putting out the points they thought. Uh, like kind of like uh, I would say like a like a Vander Kane type situation, a uh, little hot headed guy. Um, so something like that you got to watch for. But yeah, their draft this year, I think I think they only had five picks, but all their picks were solid for them. They they pretty much found that player at every position where they needed it, and. Uh, they do have some young players on the roster uh, as well already. Uh, so adding these uh, prospects are going to be uh, a challenge for them, but it's uh, it's going to hopefully work out for them in the end, and they'll be a top uh, Western Conference team. Moving on next to the Montreal Canadiens, who pit, I think, two very good picks with Caden Gooley at 16, uh, defenseman from Prince Albert. Another kid you could expect to see for Canada at the World Juniors, as music we're saying this all the time. I don't know how Canada can potentially – Construct like I don't what kids aren't going to make this roster. They have so many unbelievable prospects. It's hard to think that some of these players won't be on the team, but obviously some of them have to miss the cut. This kid had 40 points in 64 games last year. Keep in mind, as a defenseman, six foot three, 187. Uh, I, I I like the pick for, for him, and I also like uh, Jan Misak at 48, the centerman from uh, from Hamilton in the Ontario League. Yeah, people got to see last year that Montreal uh, was actually no joke. Uh, once they kind of got into the bubble uh, situation there at the end of the year, uh, they do have a lot of young players that have been stepping up um, this last this last year. So, yeah, with the prospects, they're going to have to find a place for some of these guys. They're going to have to start trading them away. But definitely get a lot of talent on that roster. Oh, it's scary because uh, when Montreal is good, uh, it's, it kind of sucks to be a Bruins fan. But uh, hopefully the Bruins stay on top of them. But, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely uh, – I'm looking forward to see how they like they progress, but I'm not looking forward to see uh, them being a top team in the Eastern Conference again. Yeah, they're a team that's on the uprise for sure. They have a bunch of young players. Most notably, I'd say this past season, Nick Suzuki really emerged, especially in the playoffs. He was great. Uh, again, both these two players, Misak and Gouli, you can expect to see for the World Juniors. Gouli for Canada, Misak for the Czech Republic, and he'll be playing a much a pretty big role on that team that uh, I don't think White has the talent it's had in the past couple of seasons. Next up, you have the Nashville Predators, and I wouldn't say very surprised, but definitely a little surprised they went with the goaltender, Yaroslav Askarov. It was uh, no question the most you know sought-after goalie in the draft. Uh, I thought he was... I didn't think Nashville would be in the market for him, though, honestly. I thought they wanted a ride with uh, UC Soros, but I guess... Not even a knock on him. You can't have too many goalie prospects ever. But uh, 
uh, to use their first rounder on Oskarov was was a bit of a shock to me. Not going to lie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you do see a lot of teams this year trying to build that. Like in the last few years, trying to build that two-headed monster back in net. I mean, they do have Rene as well, uh, but he is definitely uh, fading off. And uh, Saros stepped up and took over the job uh, at the end of the last season for sure. So yeah, a little bit of a surprise pick, but uh, he's a one-half a goalie. So uh, if they had the chance to get, grab him. I do not blame him for that at all. Um, but yeah, Nashville is one of those teams that like, I feel like they don't play up to their level ever. They do. They have tons of talent on that team, and uh, they're just they just disappoint a little bit ever since they got the Stanley Cup final and uh, just got outplayed by the much better Penguins team. Uh, but since then, like they've been a great team. They just can't put it all together. So they're hoping. Uh, uh, they can get some players in there and under their uh, system and uh, make a run to the cup again. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, a team that has young players. They have young prospects. I think Oskarov's the guy they could hopefully rely on for the future. He's got a lot to prove this year at World Juniors after a very disappointing performance, is what I'll say for him last year. He'll uh, he'll no doubt be the starter again for Russia in net, and hopefully for uh, for his sake, for their sake, and for Nashville's sake, he uh, he has a much better tournament this time around. This time around. Next up, we have the New Jersey Devils, seventh overall. They picked Alexander Holtz and 18th overall Dawson Mercer. Both forwards, both have ability to score goals. Uh, I like both picks. I think New Jersey is, again, another team compiling a lot of good young players. I think they could use a little bit of help in the back end. Other Outside of Ty Smith, I'd say their defensive uh, prospects are, are some, somewhat slim. But uh, I like Holtz. I like Mercer. I like what the Devils are doing here. Yeah, the Devils, one of the teams last year I thought were going to be a lot better than they were. Um, they definitely disappointed me last year uh, with the talent they had on their team at the beginning of the season. This, uh, they really couldn't pull it together. Uh, but, yeah, Mercer um, – a great pick uh, in the first round for them, I thought. Um, there was a lot of players right around I thought they could have gone with, but Mercer, uh, 100% a good pick for them. Um, and then, yeah, they got, I think they got a goalie as well, uh, Nico Dawes. Uh, so uh, so if they can put all these players together, and the Met, the Met is like a very tough division right now, so uh, the Devils definitely have their work in for them. But um, they have all... Like, Jack, when they have Jack Hughes, and he's just going to get better in the next few years. Uh, you saw his brother really pick it up. Uh, he's a little older, so his brother picked it up this year as one of the best defensemen in the league. So maybe we can see Jack Hughes doing that next year. Um, so we'll definitely see uh, Devils competing a lot harder than last year. Another notable player, the uh, Devils selected also in the first round, ended up with three first-round picks, is Shair Mukamadulin. Uh, very interesting name for that kid right there. Russian defenseman, six foot two. Uh, again, all three of these guys expect to see at the World Juniors. Muka Badulin, Russia. Dawson Mercer, Canada. Alexander Holtz play a huge role for Sweden. Uh, Devils fans, you have to be happy with this draft. Anytime you can get three first round picks, all of them with, uh, I'd say, you know, a, a, elite potential. Muka Badulin could be that shutdown defenseman that they really need and rely on uh Dawson Mercer has the ability to be a great scorer and obviously Alexander Holtz we've already talked about on this show and many others he uh he he can shoot the puck he can play defense he can do he can do a little bit of everything next up is the New York Islanders uh not a pick until the third round it's hard to give them a good grade um I don't really know much about any of these guys they picked 89th overall Alexander uh Kratz, I believe is how you say that name could be butchering that for all I know, but uh, he was their first pick, 39th or 89th overall. They had 
fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks. Not really much to, to speak about there. Uh, Islanders obviously made a run to Eastern Conference Finals. They'll be a good team again next year. I don't see them. Uh, I don't see them having a a slump after what they did last year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Islanders are just like kind of like the team. Like they're just there. Like they're like they're not exciting. They're pretty boring to watch, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think they got any better this draft. Didn't. I don't think they got any worse. But uh, definitely didn't get better. And uh, I don't think any of these players. I mean, you never know with how these players like. Over time, they get better and better, but you never know. Uh, but it doesn't look like any of these players are really going to pan out uh, and be superstars for them. So, and that's kind of what they need. They have Barzell kind of all by himself in that category on their team. Uh, but they're one of the teams like Columbus Blue Jackets outwork other teams. That's how they're good, and that's how they win games. But if it's working for them, I definitely uh, would keep it up. But uh, they're definitely not like one of the most exciting teams in the watch, so it's kind of hard to watch them sometimes. Yeah, I agree with that. They're uh, they've they've, they've kind of got a reputation as a boring team, but hey, it's effective. Barry Trotz is a great coach, so I mean, if it works for him, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold it against him. Uh, next up is New York Rangers, who obviously first overall pick Alexei Lafreniere. It's easy to say they had a great draft just because of that, but uh, they did make other interesting moves alongside. They had a lot of picks this year. They traded up for Braden Schneider from Brandon in the WHL. Uh, they got to, hit, took him at 19. And interesting player, Baden Schneider, uh, physical defenseman, kind of a guy that you quote here, like you need guys like him in playoff hockey. But for me, the thing that sold me on Braden Schneider was just a, a video the Rangers released on Twitter was John Davidson's reaction to the trade being accepted, knowing the Rangers couldn't move up to get him. was uh was all I needed to see to know that the Rangers truly believe in this kid and think he'll be a big part of the franchise one day. They had other guys like Will Cooley, 59th overall, ended up getting him in the trade for Elias Anderson, who they took seventh overall in 2017, that turned into be an absolute disaster for the Rangers, unfortunately. Uh, I think Elias Anderson's a guy that could still be a good player in the league, and I hope the best for him. But uh, obviously, when you drafted him seventh overall in 17, you didn't expect to be moving him for uh, a second-round pick three years later. So that's kind of a tough uh, tough look. Yeah, I mean, even with that, like, I think the Rangers were definitely like a had like one of the a top at least top six top five uh, draft class this year, especially just because they had the first overall pick and he was the best player in the draft, I believe by far. Um, so like in and obviously last year as well, they had Capo Caco uh, go second overall. Uh, he uh, like he was like uh, he didn't do anything special last year. Didn't have a huge, but uh, he was definitely obviously a young player. So he's just gonna get better, kind of like the Jack Hughes situation over in New Jersey. But uh, if Lafonier can. Uh, uh, be the player everyone thinks he's going to be for them. Uh, this Rangers team is going to be uh, pretty scary coming forward. Uh, they're definitely going to compete in the Met. I, I believe they're going to be top three team in the Met this year, uh, just with the talent they have up front, especially, obviously, Panarin. If you have Panarin on your team, you're doing pretty well. And then, uh, like, Zabinajad as well. He had a breakout season last year as well. Uh, but, yeah, the Rangers are a solid team, a solid draft, I believe. Uh, can't really go wrong with them because they have the first pick. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to give a team a bad grade when they get the best player in the draft. Uh, you said Capo Caco, kind of a underperforming rookie campaign along with Jack Hughes, but I think Capo Caco looked much better in the restart. Uh, I think I think a lot of Rangers guys actually looked better in the restart. The younger guys were the better players for them. I mean, nobody really looked that good for them, but uh, I think the Rangers are a playoff team as well. Uh, moving on now, we have the Ottawa Senators, their biggest picks, third and fifth overall, 
forward, German forward Tim Stutzla, and then defenseman Jake Sanderson. Both could be studs. Tim Stutzla's got great talent. I can't wait to watch him for Germany this year at the World Juniors, kind of take on the true like best player on the team role. And then Jake Sanderson will most likely be a top four defenseman for the United States, uh, if not top pairing. Uh, I, I like both those picks. They also had uh, Ridley Gregg, 28th overall. Uh, so many picks down this line here, uh, but those are the main three you need to know in terms of Ottawa, Stutzla, Sanderson, Gregg. Uh, I like them all. Two forwards and a defenseman all have potential to help the team. I think Stutzla is the only one that has a real chance to make the team this year, but uh, not not far along. I think all three of these guys will be putting on that, that Ottawa jersey. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Ottawa is one of those teams uh – in the last four years have gone from like competitor almost like playoff team to absolutely like the worst team uh one of the worst teams in the league um so uh they have been building prospects been building the team up they do have some solid pieces already in their system on defense and offense so um yeah with this uh with their picks this year they can definitely uh make some moves a little up the standings but i don't see them competing for the playoffs into the playoffs for at least like another two years uh with the teams that, especially in the Atlantic Division and the and the Met right now, that are so solid and have uh, a bunch of unbelievable players. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, moving on now, we have the Philadelphia Flyers. Their first pick was twenty third overall, uh, right winger out of Barry in the Ontario Hockey League, Tyson Forrester. Uh, I think I think they made a fine pick for twenty three. Obviously, you're getting down to the later half of the first round. It seems it doesn't become a guess, obviously, but you definitely aren't as you know sure of who you like as you are, say, top 10, top 15 type play. But I, I like this player. 80 points in 62 games last year for Barry. Uh, another kid you can expect to be on Team Canada, at least competing for a spot. Other than that, not not really much going on for them. Uh, Emil Andre, uh, 53rd overall in the second round from HV71 in Sweden. 5'9", uh, very undersized for a defenseman, but uh, a lot of skill. Uh, I, I think the Flyers had a fine draft, Nothing uh, nothing crazy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Flyers last year, I think they shocked a lot of uh, hockey fans, and uh, they were like them. Uh, they were one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team, uh, going into the playoffs last year before COVID hit and shut everything down. Uh, I think they're they won like eighteen out of twenty games, something like that. They're on a huge streak, uh, so uh, I, I feel like they're just gonna ride that on. They still have the same core, um, so I don't think any prospect this year gonna be a huge difference for them, but. Uh, they're definitely a great team. They hope uh, they did get some skilled guys to fill in some spots in the future that they might uh, deep that might deplete over the last next two years. But the Flyers are definitely, one, uh, if not like one of the best teams in the Met. At, I'd say like top two, three team in the Met next year as well. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, kind of an interesting team coming up right here, the Pittsburgh Penguins, in that no one really knows exactly what they're doing. I think they're still trying to win with the roster they have right now. They're definitely not rebuilding by any stretch. I don't know if they're trying to kind of retool on the fly type thing, but no pick in the first round. Second and third, 51st overall, Joe Bloomquist. Third round, 76th overall, Kale Glang, both goalies. I thought it was kind of odd, their first two picks both being goaltenders, but Hey, I mean, if you like them, if you think they got potential, it's the right thing to do. I could obviously be standing here two or three years down the road sounding like an idiot when one of these kids is, you know, playing in the NHL. But I thought it was a little odd for me. I thought they would, you know, maybe potentially try to move up, sign, uh, make a move up, make a trade in the first round. You let go of Patrick Hornquist. You get Kapari Kapanen. It was just, I don't know, kind of an odd offseason for me for Pittsburgh. Not exactly sure what they're doing. 
Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh, obviously, you can't really go wrong when you have Crosby and Malkin on the roster. Uh, but, yeah, like it, some things they did, like they did a lot of the trade line, I think, that helped their team last year uh, get a lot better. Um, but, yeah, uh, in also getting rid of Matt Murray this year, uh, him going to Ottawa. Uh, so, obviously, drafting a defensive uh, goalie in in the draft wasn't a shock, but getting two as your first two picks, it's kind of a little weird. Maybe they want to compete, uh, make some competition there uh, for a backup spot or even the starter spot in the next year or two. Because uh, I, don't, I don't know if they have really have a solid number one goalie at the moment, but uh, kind of a weird draft. But their team, obviously, that you're never going to count out with Crosby and Malkin on the team. Yeah, obviously. That's, uh, that's about saying two of the best players in the world, two of the best players ever, I think you could say. So that's definitely fair. Uh, next up with the San Jose Sharks, their first pick was the last pick in the first round. Uh, they selected Canadian forward Ozzy Weisblatt. And I'm assuming you saw this, Jeff. Uh, the video of Ozzy Weisblatt being selected, Sharks, uh, Sharks general manager Doug Wilson actually did the pick in sign language because Ozzy's Weisblatt's mom is deaf, which I thought was awesome. It was just a, such a cool thing to see. So uh, that's great on the Sharks by them. I think Ozzy Weisblatt's a kid with a lot of potential, and it, it could be a good move for them as well. Yeah, exactly. The Sharks are one of the teams I think they're going to look a lot different last year than they have in the past. Uh, like a lot of players going out, like having like, no Joe Thor in, in San Jose, it's definitely going to be weird for them. But yeah, these uh, uh, was really cool what they did uh, for the kid's mom. Uh, it's definitely exciting. It's a big thing for hockey to, uh, the, to do that. Uh, but yeah, they do have uh, do have some uh, prospects that have like top six forward potential. So that's huge for them because they definitely need some offensive upside. Uh, but yeah, they're one of those teams that I don't really know. Like they're always confusing to me. Like the last few years, because uh, they're either uh, like really good or like they're not too great and like they're losing a lot. So. Um, I'm a little uh, like 50-50 with them. Don't really know where they're going to end up next year, but uh, they did lose a lot of players this offseason, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, for me personally, I think San Jose is like towards the bottom of the list in like, terms of like teams I'd want to be moving forward in terms of what you have on the roster in the system type thing. It's just kind of nothing really there. Mar- Martin Jones, they acquired Devin Dubnik. Am I, I correct? I believe they acquired Devin Dubnik this offseason. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I don't know exactly what that move was, to be honest. The Sharks, I just don't understand what they're doing, really, to be honest, with that move specifically. But regardless, uh, not, not, not many guys that they have really incredibly high hopes for in the system. That You have young players. You got, like, you got Marcus Sorensen, Kevin LeBanc. Um, Sure, there's a player or two also that I'm missing, but that's beside the point. Uh, not not really huge on San Jose. Uh, really nothing nothing more to talk about there. Next up is the St. Louis Blues. Obviously a year removed from the Stanley Cup now. Losing Alex Petrangelo. Jake Neighbors, 26 overall is their first pick. And then Dylan Peterson, 85th. So no, no defenseman. Obviously, you can't replace Petrangelo, but no effort to kind of use your best available chance on a defenseman to kind of replace him. I think they have high hopes for Pareko, but I don't know. I think I think that's too big of a loss for them to overcome. I think they'll still be competitive, but I don't I don't see them being back running for the cup again next year. Uh, yeah, they have lost a couple of key players since the cup run, uh, and then um, uh, their goalie I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, has didn't look great. Jordan Bennington. Yeah, Bennington didn't look great last year. Uh, but yeah, losing uh, their best defenseman, 
not a great, not a really great look. But they did get Tory Crew back, who's obviously going to excel on their power play, I believe. And uh, but I don't, yeah, he's not going to make up for, he's not going to make up 100% for their losses this offseason. So I do see them like probably making the playoffs next year. I uh, just don't think they're going to compete for the cup. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, next up, Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning didn't have a first-round pick. They had two second-rounders, uh, Jack Finley most notably, uh, Spokane center. Um, one of the youngest players in the draft I thought was very interesting. He's fast. He's got quick hands. But, uh, again, Tampa Bay, a few depth picks down the road, but nothing to talk about too much. Do you know what you're getting with Tampa Bay? It'll be a very similar roster next season. Yeah, they don't really need anything. I mean, Obviously, I think they were the best team in the in the league the last two years, um, and they got the and they got the show last year even without Stamkos. So uh, their biggest concern is Steven Stamkos staying healthy. In my opinion, they don't really obviously they hope their prospects are are a good fit for them, but uh, they don't really they don't need anything right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, the most notable loss I can think of on the top of my head is Kevin Shattenkirk signed a big ticket in Anaheim. Good for him, honestly. You, get, you know, you go to the Rangers, big free agent deals where you're from. New York, it's awesome. They buy you out. Just kind of a sour taste in your mouth. You go sign a one-year deal, win a Stanley Cup, and in yourself a fat new deal. So uh, congrats to Kevin Shattenkirk. He's a very likable guy that I'm happy is uh, figuring it back out because it was kind of – it wasn't looking great for Shattenkirk after his buyout in New York. Next up, we have the Toronto Maple Leafs, 15th overall, Rodin Amarov, their top pick. Uh, I like this player a lot. I really do, and I think he's got great potential, but I'm just a little surprised they didn't go with a defenseman. It's their biggest need. It seems like it's always been their biggest need. Tyson Berry was by no means great for them last year, but you lose Tyson Berry now. It's it's It's... I don't know what else to say. I, I I like the pick, but I just I'm just amazed they didn't get a, grab a defenseman. Yes, yeah, so like the Leafs. I mean, the kind of those, one of those weird teams uh, didn't really do a ton of the draft. They do have that the great uh, offensive players already, but for me, like, I don't really understand what they're doing because they do need defensemen. Didn't get a lot of defense, um, and they did like the last two years. Gardner ran them out. Uh, then they ran Barry out this year, and but they do. They they do have like those skill players that they need to step up for them, um, but it looks like for me they're just getting older, getting Thornton, getting Wayne Simmons. Uh, don't really understand what they're like what they're doing. I don't know where they're gonna play on their their team this year instead of like the fourth line. But it looks like they're slowing down, trying to like like even out the team. I'm not really sure where they're going. Uh, they're just trying to get by Boston uh, and Tampa Bay right now. But I don't think I kind of think they got worse this offseason in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I I don't know if worse is definitely the word to say it, but I, I don't think they got better for sure. And I don't think the way they're constructed right now, having watched them in the past, is a cup-contending team. They might finally put it all together one day and prove it to me. The skill's obviously there. I believe in Freddie Anderson. I just think he needs a little bit more uh, help in front of him. Moving on, we have the Vancouver Canucks. Didn't have a pick till the third round. Had a great run in the playoffs last year. Had some emerging stars. Elias Patterson was unbelievable. JT Miller had a great year. Obviously, Quinn Hughes was great. Uh, lose a couple guys in the back end. They lose Tanner. They lose Stetcher. Uh, they bring in Nate Schmidt. They lose Markstrom. So I, they bring in Holpe. So I don't really know what to think of Vancouver this year. I want to say they'll be able to pick up right where they left off, but I, I really don't know. They didn't pick until the third round. Yoni Yermo was their first pick, a defenseman, 81st overall from Finland, six foot four, 190. So definitely needs to put on a little bit more size to that six four frame. But 
not really much going to, worth going over here in the draft. It's a team that I, I, I want to see be good. They were very, they were a lot of fun to watch last year, but I just, they're, they're, they're a big question mark for me right now, Vancouver. I think they're a playoff team. I don't know if they're a cup team. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, the defenseman they got in the, in the draft, uh, uh, he, he obviously, like you said, he's, uh, like 6'4", 190, but he's actually, he plays like physically and, uh, he's like for his size, like, in like he wouldn't think because he's only 190 uh you think that he wouldn't be as physical but he is and he's not afraid to go in the dirty areas which is huge for uh nhl defensemen and yeah if he can uh become a good player for them their de- their defensive core is looking scary and young so they'll be around forever uh but yeah they do have a lot of skilled players i think i think they're definitely gonna be uh like top like Top uh, like eight team in the West next year, in my opinion. Uh, the goalie situ- situation is a little weird, uh, so they do have like some competition there. Not sure how that's going to pan out, but I think they're a great team. They got a lot of great offensive players that are really exciting to watch, and especially uh, with Quinn Hughes over there on the back end on the power play. It's one of the dangerous power plays in the league, in my opinion. So um, they, yeah, they did get some uh, size on defense. He's just gonna. Um, gain some pounds and um, probably working on skating a little bit. Uh, it'll be a solid defensive uh, NHL defenseman. Moving on to Washington Capitals with maybe my favorite pick of the draft in terms of potential upside where they got him. Uh, a lot of question marks around his health. He's been diagnosed concussions on and off throughout seemingly his whole junior career. But uh, Hendricks Lapierre, in terms of talent, is just as good as anyone in the draft. So smart, so shifty. Uh, I absolutely love this kid. I was really hoping the Rangers were going to get him, really hoping they would. But uh, he ends up in Washington. I think him alone, yes, it's risky, but I, if the kid stays healthy, this kid can be a stud in the NHL, and I absolutely love the pick for Washington. Yeah, I love it too. I mean, uh, very skilled player. Um, if he can uh, be a good player on the team, uh, he's going to fit right in. I'm sure Obi will love him. Um, so... Uh, they like obviously the Capitals are a solid team as well, so they they don't need a ton of help from their prospects at the moment right now. Uh, they are getting a little older, uh, like with back from an Ovechkin and guys like that, but like they're solid all around. Uh, the goalie situation is gonna be a little weird this year as well for them, uh, losing Holpe, so it's gonna be so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, Lapierre uh, is very skilled. Uh, I think the Capitals needed someone like him, and um, we'll uh, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, losing Holpe, but gaining Henrik Lundqvist. Very important to add there. I have no idea how he's going to fit in. That's going to be so weird to see, honestly, Hank in a different jersey, especially for any other Ranger fans like myself. But uh, moving on here, the last team, Winnipeg Jets. Another great pick, a steal. I legitimately thought he was going fourth to Detroit. I really did, and he ends up falling all the way to 10. That's Cole Perfetti of the Jets. Uh, One of the best prospects in this draft in terms of talent. Definitely undersized, but he's quick. He's got good hands. He's got a good shot. Uh, I love this kid, and I think it was a great pick, tenth overall. Yeah, I mean, I, there's no way I think they were gonna like they thought in the back office they were gonna get this kid at the beginning of draft night, but he did fall to them. So that's huge for them. Like they like they have a solid team, like offensively. Uh, need to work on their decor a lot. Uh, but I mean, getting a player like uh, Perfetti, you cannot complain. You have to take him if he's there. Uh, he f- the guy absolutely flies. Uh, Jets fans are gonna love him, and uh, just hope he fits in well with the team. Uh, and he, I mean, it is Winnipeg, uh, so 
it's, we'll see how he fits in there, but um, like the fans are going to love him. They're going to pack that rink, and uh, he'll he'll love that. So um, definitely uh, looking forward to watching them uh, and see how he does in the next couple of years. Yeah, another guy worth mentioning really quick with the Jets second uh, second round fortieth overall, Daniel Togerson, uh, the six foot three Swedish winger, uh, big, fast, strong, uh, your typical kind of power forward guy. So I think he's another guy that. Needs to have an eye kept on him. But uh, other than that, that rounds up the uh, overview of the draft this year. Uh, unfortunately, we ran a little bit longer than we expected, so we're not going to have time to uh, break down the World Junior rosters, but we'll bring an episode to you guys before the World Junior starts up at the end of the month, releasing that. Uh, other than that, Jeff, you have anything else you want to add? Uh, nope. I am just uh, can't wait for the World Juniors to start. Uh, college hockey's back on. Uh, that's on a hot start right now. So it's exciting watching that as much as I can because – I uh, just miss hockey. It's weird uh, this time of the year not being able to watch uh, the NHL. So uh, at least we have college hockey and then the World Juniors starting right around the corner. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Have a good one, guys. See you later.